This morning's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. This morning the, the topic is uh, temptation. Uh, we're looking at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. Uh, we're on page 785 of the Red Bibles in your pews. Temptation, it brings up lots of images, doesn't it, for me? I often think of the uh, Disney cartoons with the little angel on one and the, the, the little devil on the other shoulder, whispering different things, trying to tempt someone one direction or, or another. In the society we live today, it's almost celebrated to give in to temptation. Uh, temptation, what is it? It's two things, an enticement with something bad, uh, something you know that, that you shouldn't have, or a bad shortcut to something good. Uh, so something good that, that you should have, but taking the wrong path to get it. In many ways, uh, temptation for all of us is different, but for all of us, it is real. I, I've put a blank, boring plate on there because uh, for temptation for you, it looks like you're imagining something on there that's probably different for me. Uh, I don't know what you might see on that plate that might tempt you. Uh, does anyone have any answers? Anyone want to make any confessions? <laughs> Dessert, cheese, chocolate, uh, acceptable temptations. Uh, sorry? Flukas jellies. <laughs> yes, and, and so a lot of the conversation around temptation in society today is around food and I, w I want to eat the right thing and I don't want to be tempted to eat the wrong uh, thing. But temptation is much broader than that. Uh, I would like to define it as this, a, a distraction on the path to God's good purposes for us and through us. Tem temptation with food at a lighter level is just that. But uh, in many ways, uh, the enemy seeks to distract us, put on the plate before us, uh, things that tempt us off God's path, His good purposes for us and through us. 
you, you might think of uh, the, the couple that, that's planning on getting married and they, they've thought they're, they're going to save sex for marriage and then they get tempted off that path of God's plan. Uh, you, you may think of the, the person that's tempted to steal. Uh, you may think of the person that's tempted to uh, gossip, say the wrong thing about someone else when they're not around. Uh, you might think about the, the person that is tempted to uh, lie. Sometimes easier to lie than it is to tell the truth. Uh, you, you might be tempted to take a shortcut and uh, maybe you're, you're a student and you're studying and you copy something off someone else. Uh, maybe you're tempted to disobey the road rules. There's, there's lots of ways in which we are tempted and tested in life. I think the more significant ones are the ones that take us off God's good path. But the truth is that when we give in to small temptations, it just opens a way for bigger temptations. Uh, if you think of uh, the, the way of God is uh, like walking on, an, on a narrow path, uh, once you're off the path, it's hard to find your way back onto the path. Uh, once you're uh, bashing through the bush, so to speak, it's hard to find the, the narrow path of God's way. Uh, once you've experienced the broad delights, and, and you know, temptation is not called temptation for, for no reason. It's hard to go, well, actually, that delight's actually only good in the right context. Uh, so a distraction from God's good path and purpose. Uh, one of the temptations I've been thinking a little bit about that is probably relevant for all of us uh, that has increased uh, post-COVID, but not only post-COVID, in the, in the last sort of uh, seven or so years. I, I read a study this week where someone talked about between 2015, so pre-COVID, well pre-COVID, and 2022, they, they looked at people's engagement with community. So not the kind of community that you have uh, when you turn up to work and there's people around, but community outside of your natural obligations to community. And as they looked at it, between 2015 and 2022, people are spending three hours less in community with other people. So when I talk about uh, temptation being a distraction for God's good purposes for us, part of it is gathering together People are tempted to choose to not gather more than ever. And I don't know if you experience this yourself, but it's become easier at some level because of COVID to choose not to be around other people. And being around other people is a place of encouragement where, where God wants to strengthen us as people and the enemy doesn't want us there. So when I say distraction on the path to God's good purposes uh, and you think of that little picture of the devil in your ear uh, whispering something to you, uh, when, when we experience temptation uh, to take a shortcut uh, to, that's not good, uh, so to take a shortcut to something uh, that is good, a bad shortcut to something that is good, an enticement to something bad, it's because there's actually an enemy that doesn't want us to experience all the good that God has for us. And so when I, I talk about uh, this topic of temptation, it, it, there's not an excitement, there's almost a sadness 
that when we give in to the temptation that the enemy whispers to us, we miss out on the goodness that God has prepared for us. And not only we miss out on that goodness, but often when we choose to give in to temptation, other people miss out on the goodness that God has prepared to give through us. So question for you, what, what tempts you away from God's path? I'll give you a second to think for yourself. What, what tempts you away from God's path? So that's the thing sitting on the plate for you this morning as we look at this passage. And if you've not got your Bible open, I'd love you to get it open because uh, we're going to look at the, the reality for Jesus. Uh, Jesus was full of the Spirit, uh, had gone out and had a time of fasting from food. And uh, the tempter, uh, Satan, was there uh, to meet him in that place uh, in order to test his faith. The, the reality for, for Jesus is he was being tested as he began his time of ministry. The, the reality for all of us is we're, we're not giving up food for 40 days and then having the tempter coming along. We're going through life and having the tempter tempt us uh, away from the good purposes of God. The, the first temptation that we see is a temptation of appetite. Uh, we, we notice the language of the tempter, if you are the son of God. So it's a, he's been asked, prove your identity uh, by being self-reliant in provision for appetite. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. After 40 days of not eating, uh, that, that would have been a real reality for Jesus. Uh, for, for all of us, as we think of what's on the plate, uh, we... we are told that we need to put what we need on the plate because no one else is going to do it for us. That's the mindset of the world we live in. Uh, so the tempter comes to us in similar ways to, to hit on the need of appetite. This is, a, this is a deep need for me. I'm not sure God's going to provide it. Therefore, I need to pursue this because I know through this I can get I need. Uh, for, for us, uh, appetite, uh, when, when we are hungry, angry, uh, lonely, or tired, we're, we're more likely to give in to the one who tempts us uh, off God's good purposes uh, than when we're not hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Key indicators that we'll make choices that actually our future self won't thank us for. So the temptation, be self-reliant in provision for appetite. Uh, the reality Jesus confronts with this is, uh, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the reality is the bread we need are the words that come from the mouth of God. That what we're often looking to feed when we go to what's on the plate for us is actually available to us that God wants to speak to us in order to enable us to stay on that narrow path of, of following him. You might say, Randall, what do words have to do with me wanting chocolate? <laughs> well, well, chocolate's 
thing and it's, it's probably the thing that shouldn't be on the plate uh, because that's probably not the thing that is tempting you from God's good purposes for you. So if you put chocolate on the plate, I'd like you to remove it from the plate and put something else on there. The, the reality is when we feel hungry, we seek to satisfy that appetite with something. Where when you feel lonely and you, you need comfort, it's easy to satisfy that with something that our world provides that God says is actually not good. So how do we then find the words of comfort? How do we then find God in the place of loneliness that he would speak words to our hearts that strengthen us to enable us to endure past it and see what he has prepared for us beyond it. Think about right at the end of this passage, uh, what happened after the, the devil left Jesus. The angels ministered to Jesus after temptation. When, when does Satan come? But before temptation, uh, before some, some good desires have been satisfied, when appetite is strong. That's when temptation comes. When uh, as God's provision come in, well, it's following temptation. Why does the enemy seem to come in uh, before a desire or appetite has been satisfied? Because he knows God's going to provide. He knows God's going to satisfy an appetite, and so he comes in before. But if we're worth the attention of an enemy who would seek to distract us from God's good purposes then God must have something pretty special prepared for each of us. God must have something pretty special to be shared through us. So the enemy wants us to miss or shortcut what God has prepared in his good timing. So the temptation number one is, is, is appetite. Uh, and so a thought for you, if I'm worth the enemy's attention, then God has prepared something good for me. Uh, so that enables us to endure. Uh, another image that helps us to think about temptation is uh, a man with a, a strong fortress or a woman with a strong fortress is not easily invaded. When, when we give in to temptation, it's like stepping out of the walls of a fortress or like knocking a hole in the wall. And the more that you knock holes in the wall, the more you give in to doing what uh, is not good for you or for others or leads you from God's good purposes, the, the less likely the walls are going to be there. And so what's required, just as Stuart had to flip his roof back on and, and do some repairs in order to make the house sound, what's required then is that the walls need to be repaired. And every time you knock the wall down, it's a little less stable and you need to do a lot more work to make it strong. Temptation number two is uh, this, to, to throw yourself down. The devil took him uh, to the holy city, placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying, uh, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Uh, so the temptation uh, number two is to throw yourself down. Uh, that is to be affirmed in uh, your identity by throwing yourself down and testing God's promises. In, in the middle of that is, is a tension for us that God works for good in all circumstances, but he doesn't promise to remove consequences. So, so we may see a promise of God and we may want to test it, 
but God doesn't say, and this is part of the tension, that, that he's actually going to remove the consequence of us making a bad choice. But we can, with confidence, know he's going to work for good in all circumstances. So what's the enemy throwing uh, at Jesus? He, he's throwing at Jesus a half-truth. Uh, the, the reality for us is that uh, when the enemy's throwing a half-truth, he knows it's a half-truth, and what he wants to do is he wants to destroy our sense of identity as a follower of Christ and also destroy our sense of trust in God. God, if you're really real, you will do this for me, and then God doesn't do what you said he should do if he's really real. And then you say, well, God doesn't really exist. God, if you're really real, you need to answer this prayer and if he doesn't do that then maybe he doesn't exist or maybe he's not good or maybe he's not for me and and jesus uh, confronts this way of thinking where where god needs to measure up to our standards in order for us to follow him and he says jesus says it is written do not put the lord your god to the test so the reality for us is the enemy works in half truth to erode our confidence. He tempts us before the good that God has prepared for us uh, with half-truth so that we don't get the good that God has prepared for us and we follow another path and we reap the consequences of a bad choice. So the temptation number two is, is throw yourself down. And in the middle of that, the enemy is playing on us and our insecurity, causing us to self Sabotage. I, th I think one of the reasons uh, you and I uh, often more readily say no to things today, no to being in community with other people, is because it's harder to be in community with other people than to be in the community of ourselves. But it's more joyful. But when we make that choice to say no, to the good that God has prepared us, we, we actually self-sabotage. We, we, our future self does not thank us for the decision that our past self made. Third temptation uh, that Jesus faces is the, the devil uh, took him up to the high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and he said, all these I will give you if you'll fall down and you'll worship me. So he's tempted to bow down and worship the devil. Uh, he's tempted to take a shortcut to fulfilled ambition. Uh, we know that uh, every knee uh, shall bow before Jesus one day. Every knee shall bow before Jesus. The devil's offering before Jesus uh, what God the Father has said will happen in Jesus. He's saying, do it now. Uh, at one level, there's a half-truth there that half the world uh, follows the, the ways of the evil one. And, and so they, they do submit to him. And so maybe there is some power there that he could lead people to bow down and, and worship Jesus. Uh, in the middle of that, when, when we take a bad shortcut to something good, we have to ask the question, does the ends justify the means? Uh, that's a, it's an ethical question. And the answer for us when, when the, the means are not good should always be, no, the, the, the end does never justify the, the means. It's a short, bad shortcuts to something good, uh, a, a path that should never be taken. Because uh, the, the reality for us 
the secret mission of the enemy is that he wants to steal what is rightfully ours. Uh, who, uh, who, who was uh, Jesus uh, looking? Uh, sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> let, let me hold that thought. The, the enemy wants to steal what is rightfully ours. Uh, God in Jesus has given us all things. God in Jesus has given us authority. God in Jesus has given us a future and hope. Uh, God in Jesus has given us purpose and life, abundant life. God promises to us in Jesus joy and love, faith and hope. The enemy wants to steal what is rightfully ours. He, he has no authority or power in and of himself. So how does the enemy get authority and power? He steals it from us. That's how it works. As we give over authority to him, he takes it and he runs with it in, in order to steal what is rightfully ours. And that's what he was seeking to do with Jesus. And Jesus says to him, Away with you, Satan! For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So how, how does Jesus uh, equip us to face temptation differently? Uh, when we're tempted to choose a shortcut, a bad shortcut to something good, or uh, when we're tempted to choose something that is bad, uh, he gives us an example of, of endurance and perseverance and what it looks like to uh, lay down one's life for a good purpose that is beyond him. Uh, it says in Hebrews 12.4, uh, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Uh, well, what does that mean? Uh, Jesus in every temptation with us can identify what it is like to be tempted. For Jesus, temptation was real. Uh, Jesus resisted. Temptation to take shortcuts to the point of shedding of blood. So it's not just that he's an example in that, but he is a he is a counselor, he is a high priest, he is a shepherd who knows what it looks like to resist temptation, even to the point of death. So he's more than just a good example. So how does Jesus uh, equip us to face temptation differently? Uh, we, we see uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. What does that mean? Any temptation we experience is, is actually resistible. That in every moment of temptation... When you find it almost impossible to say no, there was a point where you could have said no. Now, uh, some people will take a passage like that and go, okay, well, well I'll put on my plate uh, that a little bit of chocolate, we'll go back to chocolate, and I'll look at it, but I won't touch it. I'll smell it, <laughs> but I won't taste it. I'll just have a lick of it, but I won't consume it. At the, at the point of licking the chocolate, you've, you've probably gone a little bit too far. Uh, as Christians, when we think about temptation, the, the point of resistance 
is the point where you don't even put it on the plate because you have bought it from the shops, right? Uh, it's uh, for, for the person uh, who struggles uh, in a different way, you, you don't even walk past the thing that causes you to struggle. Uh, but Jesus is saying in that moment, every moment, we have power to say no. You and I are powerful. We have that power to say no or when we're tempted to not gather among people because it's easier to say no, we actually have power to say yes. We're not so under control that we can't choose uh, God's good path for us. So sometimes there's the temptation we choose because we put the chocolate on the plate and we sniff it and we smell it and we endure it. Uh, I uh, heard a friend uh, talk about what they used to do but no longer do in fasting uh, they would sit there and they would look at cookbooks and plan out the meals that they were going to cook after their time of fasting and he realized that maybe that wasn't the best strategy for having a, a good fast uh, in the same way if something tempts you and you just put yourself in a situation where you're flicking through pages of the the cookbook metaphorically uh, that's a temptation you've chosen rather than a temptation that has just been delivered to you by the enemy. So how does Jesus equip us to face temptation differently? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, so he offers us a way uh, for us to follow him, that we discover in it the, the truth of what temptation is really about, that we discover the way of walking and what life is truly about. That's uh, discovered in, in not just looking to the example of Jesus, but but following him as he leads us by his spirit. Uh, he equips us to face temptation through forgiveness. A lot of people would say, I'm not worthy of God, or God wouldn't want me. Uh, but it's actually the kindness of God, it says in Romans 2.4, that's intended to lead us to repentance. So even in our deepest, darkest moments where we feel unworthy of anyone else, actually God's kindness in that space wants to lead us back to him that we may find him through forgiveness. And in the middle of that, we discover that Jesus' purpose is to restore us to relationship. Uh, when I give up my identity by giving in to temptation, Jesus offers uh, you and I a seat at the table that we're invited to sit with him, be with him, eat with him. In the same way that angels ministered to Jesus after the period of temptation, Jesus wants to minister to us as we experience the same. And as Jesus restores us uh, to relationship, it's in that place of relationship with him that we discover our identity, that is who we are. And when we know who we are, we know what we're called to do. So it's in that place of discovering our identity and relationship with Jesus that we can discover what it is that God's put us on earth to do, our purpose. So that's a really <laughs> brief overview of temptation. There's lots of ways you could take some of the thoughts uh, that I've talked about. That's one of the reasons we're, we're doing a life group that's connected to the message on Sunday so that we can unpack and apply uh, what's talked about. Uh, but the truth is, for all of us, as much as we attempted to shortcut, take a bad shortcut to something good or to go for something bad, actually God has a better plan and a purpose 
for us and that's found in our relationship with him. As we come towards communion, uh, we, we have a seat at the table through forgiveness. We have a seat at the table as we bring our hearts and confess to Jesus uh, what has burdened our hearts and ask him to actually minister to us. So uh, I'd like, love to invite you to close your eyes where you're at. What was on the table for you? What was on the plate? And if you're struggling to identify it, Jesus, uh, help us to understand what you see is on the plate for us. As we see uh, or we understand uh, before God uh, what tempts us, uh, I'd love to lead you in a little prayer that you can follow along quietly to yourself. Uh, it goes like this, Lord, forgive me for giving in to the temptation of, and that's where you name what's on the plate for you, God, forgive me for giving in to the temptation of. God, forgive me for these things I've done as a result. God, forgive me for these choices I've made as a result. And, and if you finish that sentence with God, God, forgive me for these choices I've made. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my wrongdoing. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for my bad choices, my poor shortcuts. Thank you, Jesus, that your purpose is to restore me to relationship with you. I receive your forgiveness. Cleanse me. Make me new. For I pray it in your name. Amen.